Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians Mentor, the Bait to Gila Community Podcast. I'm your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I'm here in Studio B with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. Good to be here. Boy, is it good to be here. It is really tell you. good to be here. You know, um, we are having an awesome time uh, with the Lord in this season. You know, we're out of the three weeks of affliction, praise God. Because, you know, things can be a little dicey during the three weeks of reflection. Oh, yeah. Things get stirred up, you know what I mean? So you got to put the blinders on. Yeah, they do. You know, and you just got to be like, <laughs> like, I see nothing. <laughs> and so now we're approaching Elul 1, which begins the season of Teshuvah. Now, Elul is, the, is a month on the Hebrew calendar. And so Elul 1 starts on August 17th in the evening and begins the season of Teshuvah. Teshuvah literally translated just means to return or to turn around. Uh, but it's the Hebrew concept of repentance uh, versus, say, the Greek concept of repentance, Montaneo, right? Right. Uh, here at Beit Tehila, we do a Daniel fast for 21 days during Teshuvah. And we do this fast to prepare ourselves because this month, right, of Teshuvah, of, of Elul, is getting us ready for Tishrei. That's right. And Tishrei is the month of the fall feast. So we begin with Yom Teruah. Yes. Then 10 days later, oh, yeah. Yom Kippur. And then uh, five days after that, we start the great celebration of tabernacles. And there's a lot of prophetic significance to that, and we'll get into that later in other episodes. But I want you guys to know the dates so that you can be ready, because we're in the season right now to get ready to get ready. That's right. We're getting ready to get ready. So like when you stop drinking coffee, if you do it right on day one of Teshuvah, you're going to be cranky. Yeah, a little bit. Right? But if you can ease yourself out of drinking coffee to get ready for the Daniel fast, then then you can jump in there. Yep. Um. If you're new to this, thank you for being here. Please go ahead and subscribe to the channel if you're here. That way you get the update whenever we put out an episode. We put an episode about once a week, sometimes twice a week, but mostly once a week. Uh, and usually it's on, say, a the book of Acts is what we're studying right now. We just finished you know, the book of Matthew, which was awesome. Before that, we did four seasons of the Torah portions. So we've had uh, a lot of you know, stuff. We're in season six. Good content. Season six, man. Good holy flicks. That's right. Holy flicks. That's right. Yeah, holy flicks. Uh, and so you know, if you're wondering about Christians with Torah and you're just kind of like poking around and you just discovered this, we're Christians. We believe in the basic Christian doctrines. And we believe that the whole Bible from Genesis to Maps is relevant to believers today. And we put an emphasis on Torah, the law, right, or the teachings and instructions of God, because, well, nobody else is. And if you're looking for black and white answers to the questions that everybody has about, you know, how should I be behaving? How can I love my fellow man? How can I honor God uh, in special ways that he gave us? uh, Look no further than the Torah. Amen? Amen. So I think think I've covered all the bases here, right? It is now time to jump into Acts chapter 5, verses 17 through 42. All right, I'll let you read first. Kick us off. Yep, so we'll start with uh, verses 17 through 21, and this is the apostles are arrested. The apostles are arrested. So it says here, starting in 17, Then the high priest rose up, and all they that were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and were filled with indignation. 
and laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. But the angel of the Lord by night opened the prison doors and brought them forth and said, Go stand and speak in the temple to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard that, they entered into the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest came, and they that were with him, and called the council together, and all the senate of the children of Israel, and sent to the prison to have them brought. Wow. So these Sadducees were jealous not for God's honor or for the advancement of his kingdom, uh, but for retaining their own influence and power. Of course, this theme is repeated later in Acts uh, chapter 7, verse 9, Acts chapter 13, verse 45, and Acts 17, verse 5. Once again, the, these Sadducees were jealous not for God's honor or for the advancement of his kingdom, but for retaining their own influence and power. Yeah. So, you know, it's interesting that um, they put them in the common prison, put them in the clink. <laughs> in, the, in the clink, clink. They put them in the clink, you know. Um, you know, one of the words, you, you put jealous here, which I thought was cool that you, that you picked up on that, because this word that means indignation, I was thinking of indignation as like an authority looking upon a criminal, right? Yeah. With indignation, right? It's usually some a negative, uh, like a righteous person looking upon, a, you know, somebody doing unrighteous acts with indignation, right? They're upset because of... Right. What, but in this case, the, the Greek word, which I don't even know how to pronounce it, zelos, z, it's like D-Z-A-Y-L-O-S, zelos, does mean jealousy as of a husband or figuratively of God or of an enemy, malice, envying, fervent indignation, jealousy, or zeal. So I thought that was interesting that um, jealousy is that word indignation because it doesn't make sense that these guys were like filled with indignation because they're so righteous and these people are not. It made sense that they were filled with jealousy because these guys were obviously taking the limelight away from them. You know, it's a very interesting thing here, but, um, and I would even go far to say this, um, you know, other pastors could be jealous of us. Oh yeah. Because they're, Congregants would leave their church to come to ours to get their Hebrew roots. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah that's you know, true. So I've got to have some kind of an understanding with them yep. to, to, to work both ways. That, hey, if they want to practice their faith by celebrating Shabbat and the Hebrew roots, then this is what we're here, well, this is what we're here for. Yeah. You know, but as far as those that are worshiping on Sunday, there's a place for them too. So for me, it's a win-win. It's a lot you know? more places for them, This actually. one guy, said, he said, that, <laughs> uh, yeah, as pastors or as shepherds, he says, we, we just, uh, you know, Something about we just trade sheep. Yeah, sheep trade. Well, sheep traders. Truly, right in in you know, say America here in the South, where there's a large evangelical population, uh, is there really multitudes of people coming to the Lord, or are people church hopping? And I would say there's more church hopping and church transferring than there is. Yeah, and Jews don't synagogue hop. Uh, I mean, if they move, they do, right? Yeah, but I'm saying for the most part, Jews will stay locked in. They're pretty faithful to their community. They go to whatever but synagogue if I am, is closest. You know, the non-Jews, they're, I'm out of here. It's too cold. Yeah. I don't like the music. I'm out of here. <laughs> I'm going to miss you. Now, what's really interesting, this goes into a whole other degree now because now they're preaching the gospel like they're supposed to. Yeah. As a matter of fact, what did, what did Yeshua say that it would go to? From Jerusalem. Oh, yeah. To Judea. To Samaria, to the most parts of the earth. So right. if you're not preaching in Jerusalem, you missed the very first <laughs> instruction. Uh, the angel of the Lord opening up the prison doors is a supernatural act 
because God wanted the gospel to be preached and nothing can hinder that. That's Acts chapter 5, verses 19 through 21. So you not only have them being thrown into the prison, but you have a supernatural act that um, there was a jailbreak. Right. Well, and, and the council and the high priest doesn't know this yet, so they're sending their guards to go pick them up out of the jail, thinking they're still in jail. That's a good point. I thought that was funny. That's a good point. So, so what I'll do is let me read a, uh, a supernatural prison break in Acts chapter 5, verses 22 and 23. Let's see here. But when the officers came and found them not in the prison, they returned and told, saying, The prison truly found we shut with all safety, and the keepers standing without before the doors. But when we had opened, we found no man within. You want to hit that bullet point? Yeah, I mean, yes. that, That's another supernatural. It is. So the disciples' prison break was definitely a supernatural experience. Because it, meaning the prison, was still locked down with keepers standing in front of the doors when the officers sent, were sent to check on it. How'd that happen? So these guys are like, yeah, no, man, we haven't opened the doors, but the people aren't in there. And we don't, they don't report finding like a hole in the ground that they dug a tunnel or anything. It's just literally an angel showed up and beamed me up, Scotty. And they just zapped out of there. That's true. It is true. Verses 24 and 25. Now, when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priest heard these things, they doubted of them whereunto this would grow. Meaning they heard about the prison break, this supernatural thing. So then came one and told them, saying, Behold, the men whom ye put in prison are standing in the temple teaching the people. (laughs) So these guys are like a bad penny, right? I mean, they just keep showing up and showing up. And I'm sure at this point, these guys, the high priest, they're just ticked. Because think about it, they they uh, put them in prison, and then they had to let them out, you know, and then they catch them again doing the same thing. They put them in prison. This time they go to pick them up, and they were out. And what are they doing? They're doing the same thing again in the middle of the temple. They're on their court. This isn't even like I know. This is the temple. Yeah, this isn't even like they were off in the wilderness doing. This is it. ground zero. John the Baptist was out in the wilderness. These guys are in their house. Yeah, they're in the they're ground zero. In God's house. But you get my point. Wow. And so I'll read uh, 26 through 28, the disciples brought back to the council. So, uh, then went the captain with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should have been stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council, and the high priest asked them, saying, Did not we straightly command you that ye should not teach in this name? And behold, ye have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood upon us. I, there's no lie in that statement. <laughs> yeah, they're just preaching the words of Jesus after his death, burial, and resurrection and his ascension. It's like Jesus just won't go away. You know, you just keep talking about him and talking about him and this and that. And this is powerful. You know, they're, they're coming up against a religious institution. You know, this is what they're coming up against, you know. Well, and it says that they intend to bring this man's blood upon us, which is exactly, I mean, every time Peter gets in front of these guys, He's putting it on them, explaining to them exactly what they did because he needs them to be broken for their sin so that they can turn away from it and repent, right? You know, there's a trivia game my kids were playing. Do you know how much blood we have in our body? Uh, like 10 pints, something like that? It's, it's a gallon and a half. Oh, okay, yeah, yeah. So, yeah, one and a half gallons of blood. Wow. I know. So when you see that milk carton, just think of that. And then another one halfway. That's how much. Yeah, blood. yeah, half gallon. You know, they make that's, those half gallon ones. Yeah, it, it, it doesn't seem like a lot, but I mean, that's a lot of liquid. I don't know. I would want to drink that. No. <laughs> no. So, um, 
Yeah, I mean, this is interesting. The other thing I found interesting here is they get before the council, and you know what question nobody asks? How'd you jailbreak? How'd you get out? <laughs> what? How did you get out of the jail? Right? That they didn't the even point, ask. Because yeah. I, I would have been that, that would have been the thing that I would have been curious about. Because what they were afraid of is that the news of the supernatural jailbreak was going to get out, which clearly we're talking about it 2,000 years later. It got out. Yeah. But they didn't even ask. I At think, least they're not recorded as asking. I think there was a cake with a key. <laughs> Probably. Here's a birthday cake. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, um, let me check out here. Uh, Peter and the other apostles speak. So now they're going to speak. Then Peter and the other apostles answered and said, we ought to obey God rather than men. Right here. This is verses 29 to 32. Chapter 5. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you slew and hanged on a tree. Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses of these things. And so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey him. So I'll just do this little bullet point, then I'll let you um, check out the next one here. Um, So, you know, the apostles knew their priorities. You know, while we should try to live at peace with everyone, Romans 12, 18, Conflict with the world and its authorities is sometimes inevitable for a Christian. John fifteen eighteen. You want to read Romans twelve eighteen? Yeah, I'd love to. Romans twelve eighteen. So, we while we should try to live at peace with everyone, I think that's if it be possible, be at peace with all men. I think that's that verse. That's that's a powerful verse. Twelve eighteen. If it be possible, as much as depends on you, live peaceably with all men. That's powerful. Uh, John Bevere was the first one to kind of quote that to me. Yep. And, and, and you could counsel everyone in that area. Well, they're not at peace with me. Well, you're at peace with them. They're not at peace with you. But if it be possible, be at peace with them. But yeah. it's not possible, so back off. Yeah. What about John fifteen eighteen? John fifteen eighteen. So conflict, this is in, in regards to conflict. Uh, it says here, if the world hates you, you know that it hated me before it hated you. Wow. So in some situations, we won't be able to obey both God and human authority. At those times, we must obey God and trust his word as the ultimate truth, which is, blessed are ye when men shall hate you and when they shall separate you from their company and shall reproach you and cast out your name as evil for the son of man's sake. Mm. That's a good point, but, you know, people will always, you know, come against us too because we love the Jewish people. Yeah. And we give them, you know, our, our relationship and mutual respect. And I could see where that would cause uh, a conflict. Yeah. So Peter um, and the other apostles that are brought before the council. So previously they were in public, I think, in having conversations. And there was a spectacle. But this time he's brought before the very same council that condemned Jesus to death. Yeah. All right. And that's true. To me, this is real boldness. He is taking this opportunity to dress these guys down and let them know exactly what they did wrong. And so his first question is We ought to obey God rather than men, right? Tell me if this is true. We ought to obey God rather than men. So that, something right. that they can all agree on. Right. Then uh, he mentions the God of our fathers raised up Jesus. So this is a, a statement saying, like, look, you don't want me to preach Jesus, but the God that we all serve raised him up. 
And then he says, whom you slew (laughs) and hanged on a tree. Uh, Him hath God exalted with his right hand to be a prince and a savior for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. So again, he's giving the gospel message to the very people persecuting him. And this is a a piece of the puzzle that I think we lack today, right? We want to fight fire with fire a lot of times. And yet what he's doing is he's boldly preaching the gospel to them. Now, of course, Today, we're not actually dealing with people that literally condemned Jesus to death, right? Spiritually, our sins is what put Jesus on the cross, even mine, right? But in this case, these people were unique because they were the actual council that condemned Jesus to death. Right, for to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. Correct. Boy, that's a debate there Correct. Now. Well, then what about the sacrifices? See, right, right, right. The whole institution is going to be up in arms now. But then he says a key piece. He says, and we are his witnesses of these things. He and states a lot of facts in He here. does. Oh this is gosh. a rich, I mean, you want to talk about the doctrines that you can pull out of this statement? Oh this is like a set of verses <sighs> that build, like, you know, I say Christians with Torah, and we believe wow. in the basic Christian doctrine. Here it is. We're reading the basic Christian doctrine in like three verses. And so, uh, and so it says, and we are his witnesses of these things, and so is also the Holy Ghost, whom God hath given to them that obey him. Who? God. So if you obey God, you get the Holy Ghost, and the Holy Ghost is a witness inside of us of Jesus' death, burial, and resurrection. So how is it that we're able to believe on the death, burial, and resurrection of Yeshua? Because of the Holy Spirit. So we should be able to share all of this publicly with people. Oh, yeah. That's powerful. It is. That's it is. really good. Oh, all right. It's my turn to read. No, I'm, I'm reading. You're going to read? Up. I think I read the verses. Well, and I'll you... read, then you expound. Okay. There you I go. Got, yeah, let me... Well, yeah, let me do that. You That's can expound fine. on that. Yes, sir. All right, let's do uh, Acts 5.33. It's looking good here. Acts 5.33 to 37. When they heard that, they were cut to the heart and took counsel to slay them. Oh, wow. Then stood there up one in the council, a Pharisee named Gamaliel, a doctor of the law, had in reputation among all the people and commanded to put the apostles forth a little space. And said unto them, Ye men of Israel, take heed to yourselves what you intend to do as touching these men. For before these days rose up Thaddeus, boasting himself to be somebody, to whom a number of men, about four hundred, joined themselves, who was slain and all, as many as obeyed him, were scattered and brought to naught. Wow, Thaddeus. Uh, after this man rose up Judas of Galilee in the days of the taxing and drew away much people after him. He also perished, and all, even as many as obeyed him, were dispersed. Wow. All right, so this is, this is a cool scene. Um, you know, Gamaliel being a well-respected person within the council and within, I would say, Kol Israel, all of Israel, uh, was a rabbi, and he was... Paul's rabbi, so Shaul, right? Saul, Paul, um, the New Testament uh, apostle and and writer, uh, was a student of Gamaliel's. And it seems like, in this case, that Gamaliel is exercising a great bit of wisdom that the whole rest of the council hadn't quite considered. Right. And so so they were— they didn't like what Peter was saying to them because he's literally accusing them of exactly what they did. So to— to the council, right? If you ever notice people that have done something wrong, a lot of times they're indignant about it, right? And they don't like the fact that they're being called out on their stuff. Right. So what do they want? They want to kill these people so that they can get rid of them. 
But Gamaliel stands up and says, okay, so I see you guys are rushing to judgment. And Gamaliel was a Pharisee. Right? So Gamaliel is a Pharisee, and he's a doctor of the law. Now, people wonder, what is that? But did you know that every lawyer is a doctor? Lawyers in the United States, at least, have to have a Juris Doctorate degree, a JD, in order to be a lawyer, right? In order to be able to take the bar exam and all that in most states. Um, and so a doctor of the law means that he was a, a lawyer, right? And so he also had a reputation with all the people and commanded to put the apostles a little space. In other words, he said, let's send the apostles out of the room so that the council could speak outside of their presence. He says, I got something to say that y'all probably won't like me to say it in front of them. And he says, and then he addresses them, ye men of Israel. Like I, I can feel the, the, the authority, the passion that's coming with this. He says, take heed to yourselves of what you intend to do as touching these men. Be careful what you're about to do as it pertains to these men. Now, the lone voice in the Sanhedrin to speak against an immediate death sentence was that of Gamaliel. He was the most prominent rabbi of his day and the teacher of Paul. He belonged to the Pharisaic minority on the Sanhedrin, but had considerable influence. So even though he was a Pharisee and not a Sadducee, right, he was, um, he was influential. And so here's what he does. He uses recent events that they all would be familiar with in order to show that what they were doing was only going to cause more problems. And so what he does is he first gives the example of Theudas. And he says that Theudas thought he was somebody, right? He, Theudas thought he was somebody. And a number of people, 400 men, had follow, become followers of Theudas. Sounds like Korah. So, yeah. <laughs> Theudas was only, what, 250? I don't know yet. And then there was like 3,000 that were like on his side, yeah, but, but 250 two, that he brought but together. 250 were prominent. Yeah, 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 exactly. So, um, all right, so about 400 men, and but it says who was slain. Now, I don't know who slew, slew him, but I have my guesses that it was either the Romans or the Jewish council that slew him, right? And he says, and as many as obeyed him were scattered and brought to naught. So in other words, hey, we had this messianic figure that popped up. He had a bunch of followers, caused a big ruckus, but when they killed him, his, his people just dispersed. And th- yeah, maybe we could look up uh, and the movement went away. Josephus. Yeah, yeah. Maybe he might have something about this guy. So then you have this other character he mentions, Judas of Galilee, and the same thing. He's a messianic figure. He pops up on the scene, causes a big ruckus. Somebody kills him. And then uh, once he dies, all his people are dispersed. But now we compare this to Yeshua, and you're like, okay, well, you take these three, and one of these is not like the others. We killed Yeshua. And his followers are still here aggravating us even to this day, right? Even in our midst. And so he's showing a a comparison of these groups. And so Gamaliel cited two examples from Jewish history to support his basic argument that movements not backed by God always come to nothing. But examples were failed. Both examples uh, were failed movements. Good wisdom. It is good wisdom. That's the guy that's got some good judgment. That's what I'm and and this is not wisdom coming out of the rest of them. He's like the lone voice, as you mentioned. But you know? he had a lot of followers. Who Gamaliel? Yeah, 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 yeah. But he wasn't claiming to be Messiah. No, but I'm just saying that he had a following. Yeah. Because wasn't he in the school of thought, Gamaliel's school of thought versus? Uh, um, it was Hillel versus Shammai. Oh, hell, those two. Yeah. Uh, but Gamaliel would have been a Pharisee, uh, and I would say he's from the school of Hillel, probably, if I had to guess. But maybe in the comments, you guys could tell me if I'm wrong or if I'm right on that. Um, all right, so I'm going to read verses 38 through 42. The apostles are beaten and let go. 
All right. <laughs> and now I say unto you, refrain from these men and let them alone. For if this counsel or this work be of men, it will come to naught. But if it be of God, ye cannot overthrow it, lest haply ye be found even to fight against God. Bam. Drop the mic. What comes to my mind to make this relevant is the fact that uh, we are to uh, discuss why the reconciliation between the Jews and the Gentiles is of God and not of man. So check that out. Discuss why the reconciliation between the Jews and the Gentiles is of God and not of man. You know, it's interesting that it were it was the Jews and the Gentiles that put a division between themselves. But remember, it says no longer Jew or Gentile. Yeah. Once the Gentiles were far away, they've been brought near. Sure. So the very things that were taboo, Yeshua uh, exploited. He cast aside and says, this is no longer taboo. Like going to Samaria, talking to the woman at the well. So this is very interesting. You know, that was his doing, and Jesus is God. So the reconciliation is the fulfillment of the prophecies and the promises of God in regards to the restoration of the whole house of Israel with Ephraim and Judah. Right. So the Jews and the non-Jews, those that are coming out of the nations that are not Jewish, that adhere to these things, uh, it is totally God and not man. That's why the church is perplexed, or even the Messianic Jews, the MJA, the UCMJ, you know, whatever, they, they, they would say that, oh, well, you know, if you're two house, you're teaching replacement theology. And that's just an accusation that doesn't yeah. even hold up in a court of law. It wouldn't even hold up. It makes no sense whatsoever. Yeah, it's, it really doesn't make if sense. If you're not claiming that. Um, well, they say you're replacing the Jews, but it's like the Jew is the other house. Right. So how are you replacing them if you're saying there's another house? It's like I have a duplex, but I only only see one side. (laughs) Yeah, it doesn't make any sense. So God knows how to bring unity, but mankind knows how to divide. And that was what was shared last night. Mm, That's a good one. So God knows how to bring unity, but mankind knows how to divide. This is true. I'm experiencing this as a pastor. As much as I want God to to bring us all together and unite us, which is great, and he's got a plan, uh, man likes to, you know, put his nose in it boy does and it really doesn't it doesn't really turn out very good to say the least you know but that's what we're dealing with today god wants mature responsible ephraimites which sounds like an oxymoron i know (laughs) you pretty much read read it all didn't you uh i read up to 42 so yeah that's the whole that's oh no i didn't i didn't i read up to 39 i apologize i didn't read to 42 so we'll get that here in just a sec but discuss why the reconciliation between jews and gentiles is of god and not of man because god prophesied it Period. Hard stop. God said it would happen. Right. And it is happening. And it is happening. And we do see it. And those of you that want to listen to some great podcasts from some Orthodox Jews, uh, the Land of Israel Network podcast. Yeah. Yeshai Fleischer's podcast is good. I know someone was telling me about one of his lately. Um, So let me read this verse, and then you can expound on some of this. Um, So, and to him they agreed, in verses uh, 40 and 41, and to him they agreed... So they agreed with Gamaliel. Oh, yeah. Okay, this sounds pretty good. And when they had called the apostles and beaten them, they commanded that they should not speak in the name of Jesus and let them go. And they departed from the presence of the council, rejoicing that they were counted worthy to suffer shame for his name. Now, something just came to my mind, and I just want to say this, that, wow, you can't speak in, in the name of Jesus, you know. You know, I believe, and I have to go back and look at this. I think it's public records. We could probably look it up. But I guess it happened in the, it, down there in the um, city officials. Could have been the, 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 the commissioners or whatever. Something happened in the courthouse. Something happened, That somebody prayed in the name of Jesus. And they said, you can't do that. 
Yeah, you could pray in the name of God. But not Jesus. But not Jesus. So there was some kind of an uproar or controversy over that, that his name was brought up in a, in a, in a, in a you know, city officials. And, yeah, and not to a, take a bunny trail, but truly that's the basis of, like, say, the, um, the sacred name movement is that the word God is just a generic term. Right. You know, and so we pray to God, and it's right. like, well, okay, well, which God, you know? That's why it's always good to add in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. Right, okay, um, as specific as you can get. Just because, you know, Pastor Henry Wright, who went to be with the Lord, be in health ministries, he said it's, it's, they, they had more results, more things done in the, in the name of Jesus of Nazareth to identify him mm. as that Jesus. So it's kind of neat, you know. When I, I do it a lot in the name of Jesus of Nazareth, in the name of Yeshua of Nazareth, you know. Um, so, you know, they um, go ahead and share some of these bullet points. Yeah, I mean, so this time— Because it says they were beaten, so that's all it kind of says, but— Well, I find it interesting that, like, you know, hey, we're not going to punish these guys. We'll give them a good beating before they go and tell them, you know, again, hey, don't do that. Can you imagine that? But this is what's crazy is—, is Can you uh, imagine I took my belt off just or whipping people? Come here, meet me in my office, okay? But did you see what it says? They got beaten. You, you were a bad girl. Yeah. <laughs> They got beat. <laughs> just yeah, I get it. It's crazy. You know, my my arm would be so sore. Oh, I know from the beatings. Yeah. So they got beaten. Stop doing that. Told not to speak in the name of Jesus. But what happened when they departed? They rejoiced, right? They rejoiced because they were counted worthy to suffer shame for His name. Listen, this today, if we saw this actually happen, people would be like, "You guys are Looney Tunes. Yeah, y'all aren't well." But it's because they were filled with the Holy Ghost. And you know what? Not for nothing. We should be so radical for Yeshua that people look at us and be like, y'all aren't well. Right. Yeah, you know what I mean? And then, you know, I'd be like, right. you know what? You're right. I am, I am crazy about That's Jesus. That's it. Um, so this time, uh, the Sanhedrin enforced their command by scourging the apostles. The text does not say whether it was the maximum of 39 stripes prescribed by Jewish law or with fewer stripes. Um, we have an example also in 2 Corinthians 11 where the apostle Paul received stripes as a form of punishment too. But of course, that comes later. Yeah, and just for those that are listening, if you want the address, it's Deuteronomy 25, verses 2 and 3 about the stripes. Uh, it's right. Re- it's really there. Right. And then Second Corinthians is 11. Well, and it says it's, the limit is 40 24. stripes, but the tradition is they do 39, so just, they don't accidentally yeah, hit, you go over. Yeah. Uh, and so in daily in the temple and in every house, they ceased not to teach and preach Jesus Christ. So they never stopped. They, they, they never allowed the outside influences to stop them from teaching was, and preaching was a about Yeshua. This was big time, man. Amen. Amen. So, so home Bible studies are not new. As the believers needed to grow in their new faith, uh, home Bible studies met their needs and also served as a means to introduce new people to the Christian faith. During later times of persecution, uh, meeting in homes became the primary method of passing on Bible knowledge. Christians throughout the world still use this approach when under persecution and as a way to disciple new believers. Support one another and worship God together. That's right. Beit Tehila started in the living room. Yeah, we started in the living room. Now we went to eight places, and now here we are. It's yeah. amazing. It really is amazing. You know, what good examples for us, you know, these people. In the temple. Because, we, we, you know, I remember uh, uh, Rodney Howard Brown from the river when he was arrested during covid because he, ground, he yeah. kept keeping his church open. And it was funny to listen to his testimony about it uh, because, and, you know, of course, you, when this type of stuff happens, as a, as a, as a, a smart businessman and pastor as he is, right, you've got to 
juice it for all it's worth, you right? Better. So he filmed the whole thing of getting arrested. You know yes. what I mean? He made, I think it's good. They made T-shirts with his uh, his yep. mugshot on them. Get coffee. <laughs> coffee mugs. <laughs> He's selling his merch, you know, the whole bit. I like it. So he used this to the PR, to the nth degree. I think it's, it's, I think rele- it's fantastic. It's relevant, if he, you ask me. What I mean. it does is it rubs it in these people's faces. Like, don't mess with the church, you know, right. which was his message with all this, which I thought was great. The Church of Jesus Christ, right? The gates don't of hell will not church. prevail. Don't touch the church. But when it happened, um, you know, he was talking about his experience and like he got arrested, right? But they sat him in the back of like an SUV, right? And then they took him to jail and he's like, they gave me hot meals. I had this big space to myself. I had a, a mattress with a pillow and the whole bit. He's like, this is not persecution. If this is like, we have not, even this, he <laughs> said, crazy. was not real persecution. He's like, even though, you know, it was, it was ceremonial and symbolic and it, it, it is what he did making a stand on the little things helps us prevent the bigger things from happening. Uh, it was still a, a not real persecution. To, and, and that was his words, right? That, this, that we have not experienced the real deal yet. Um, and that this is just the tip of the iceberg. And I was you know, and heeding the warning, right? He's giving the warning. Cause we read this, these guys got beaten, you know, and that's, I've, I've never been taken to the, to the court and beaten publicly. I mean, cause there's also a lot of shame involved in that getting beaten like that. You know, they put you in front of people. People are, you know, harassing you and coming for the show. You know, when you think about it, human nature is wicked. Oh, man. Just The Bible says the heart is wicked. Yeah, the things we're capable of as a human race is disgusting. It's just sad to think that, you know, that, that we would be depraved that bad. Yeah. Depravity. Oh, man. Even, even, and this is to criminals, right, that they were doing these things to. So you could even almost give some justification for it but like uh the sound of freedom you know this movie that came out with talking about tim ballard operation underground railroad and then um he had uh come out with a, another documentary like five years ago called operation Toussaint, which it shows kind of more of kind of behind the scenes of of what they do but again these things are like it's just insanity what people are capable of i mean the heart of man is depraved period it, you know, Thomas Horn is a great guy to, to do some some reading of that he's yeah. done a lot of research, but he shows you just how dark it is oh, yeah. out there. Corporations, governments, political figures, and, and a lot of this stuff is public records. You can research it for yourself and check it out, what they're doing behind the scenes. It's dark. So you better uh, be a son of God. Amen. So what two points did you get out of Acts chapter 5, verses 17 through 42? I think I got a bunch of points. Out of this one. <laughs> I wrote up a whole bunch of stuff. So, All right. Uh, my first point was, you should always stand up for God no matter the consequences. I think that um, there is rewards in heaven for the martyr. And as much as, like, that's not the intention. So, like, suffering as a concept. We should never seek out suffering. Because I know that there's denominations and, and mindsets where people, like, are eager to participate in suffering. That doesn't make any sense. Even Yeshua cried, let this cup pass from me, right? The point is not to desire the suffering. Right. The point is to desire to be obedient to God. To what he's asking you to do. And if suffering comes as a result, so be it. Right. Right. And to be willing to suffer to be obedient. But the obedience right. is the peace. I think a lot of people self-deprecate or self cause self-suffering, and it's just, I, I think that's ridiculous. Um, number two was, don't give up now. Yeshua is still alive and working miracles. Yeah, so he he's uh, appearing to a lot of the Muslims. Oh, yeah. But I think that that's supernatural. Yeshua shows up and is supernatural when the natural can't solve your problem. Right. So like in the case of the disciples, right. the apostles that were in jail, they needed to go and preach 
because this movement was dependent on their words being right. getting out. Right. And so he got them out of jail without showing anybody, and they were off at the temple, and they got a head start, right? So then everybody was like, wow, the, an angel came and let you out of jail? And then the guards come and grab him again, like, where? how did you get out? You know, I'm sure that whole thing went down, you know, publicly. Um, and so I have more, but you can do your two if you want to do your two first, and then I can add. Yeah, yeah, I was just thinking about... God loosening the wheels of the chariots of the Egyptians. You know, he's got a sense of humor. He sure does. So what we're actually witnessing here is um, a progressive revelation of God's redemption now. After the ascension now, things are kicking off. Yeah. So we're looking at, you know, 2,000 years ago. So I believe the same thing is happening today. There are supernatural things happening God is intervening and doing things that, that, that are just unheard of to accomplish what he wants. That's why I have on here, uh, my first point is God will use the supernatural and angels to get his will done. Boom. If he wants it done right, he'll yeah. send an angel. You know, even when it comes to the theophany, you know, whenever there's a major shift in the redemptive plan of God, he shows up as a theophany. Yeah. Just like when you go back and even look at the last judge of um, of Israel was Samson, the womanizer. The parents were there, and God appeared uh, in this transition of the last judge that he would he would save his people uh, because there's a transition because they're going to be going into the the monarchy after that. Uh, then, of course, we have if we move forward, we have of course the burning bush. Moses is out there on the backside of the desert, and he's just going to bring the people where he's already been can't bring people to where you haven't been but he's going to see this burning bush he turns it's holy ground it's a theophany uh, going on even further when they're going to come into the land of israel once again a theophany uh, joshua experiences the captain of the lord of hosts boom whose side are you on and he figured it out that this was this was god so i i believe with those examples of a theophany that god could show up as a theophany among the house of Israel. So, uh, yes, yeah, so number one, God will use the supernatural and angels to get his will done. Number two, this is a good question. Are you willing to be physically beaten for your faith? Mm. Mm. I'm just saying, I mean, it can happen, you know. Yeah. I know I know of a story, and I saw a video one time. I don't really want to watch it or go back over it again. I was kind of disappointed, but this um, pastor just got punched in the face. The guy was in the line. He came over, just punched the pastor in the face. He fell back. They restrained the guy. They got him down. And uh, and they worked it all out. And the pastor forgave him and everything. Yeah, It was just, I'm always kind of looking, you know. Yeah. Is there some <laughs> somebody hostile jumped the person stage. here or somebody's going to, you know. Maybe I should move up to the front row I've there, been yeah. at a meeting <laughs> where I sat across from somebody, and I thought maybe they might just jump over that table. And I was looking to my left. At the, there's that door. Yeah. And I was really planning. I was really planning that you know if something goes down here. I'm I'm not going to try to fight this this, yeah. guy, this guy. I'm, I'm going to hit the door. Yeah, yeah. But it, it was okay. Yeah. I thought it could go to that level, but it didn't. Yeah. It was a leaning in. Yeah. Kind of thing. Whoa. But yeah, so that's that's my two points. You know, are you willing to be physically beaten for your faith? So yeah. that's whew, that's a tough road, man. So. Um. All right, so my other little points that I got from last night was uh, nothing can hinder what God had in store, has in store. Uh, if 
you know, one of the cool things is that God allows us to participate in his plan. He calls on each one of us, gives us each a, you know, custom curriculum for us to walk out. And with that, he allows us um, to participate. Because if he really wanted something done right, he'd send an angel. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Or if something needed to be done efficiently, correctly, and in a rush, right? Then he... but. But he doesn't. He doesn't. He, this is a, a progressive plan, a progressive movement that he allows us to participate in, which I think is pretty cool. Um, and so nothing can hinder it because he has angels. And so the apostles knew this, and they had a, that they had angels watching over them. Praise God. Yeah. Which was good. And then uh, my last one was, I'm still stuck on how come they didn't ask how'd y'all get out? You know? Just... Why don't you pray us out? All right. Father, thank you. Thank you, thank you, thank you, Lord, for the examples that we get to look to and follow. Lord, we have not experienced persecution in this country. And we have—you have given us wisdom to know that we need to take steps to prevent this type of persecution from happening in this country, Lord. And so we just pray that you give us boldness and that you would give us wisdom and that you give us courage. To, to walk out the things that you would call us to, God, and that we would be obedient even to suffering, even to death, if necessary, God. Give us faith for this, Lord, in Yeshua's name. Amen. 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 All right, well, awesome. Keep the con, uh, conversation going in the comments. I look forward to seeing you guys in there. Uh, if you have any questions, you need anything uh, outside of that realm, you can email me at ryan at twopraise.net. And uh, don't forget to subscribe and like and do all that good stuff. If you made it this far, you might as well, right? It's time to just, you know, smash that like button, hit that subscribe, ring the bell, do all that good stuff. Bless you guys. Have a great week.